Hello, Diary of a Cartoonist, Scott Johnson here. Hello. What's going on? How you doing? It's been a while. No, it hasn't. It's only been like five days. Has it been even that? Probably less. Four days? I find myself enjoying this enough to do it more often. Does this please you? Or are you a hater? And you would prefer I do less of these? Scott at frogpants.com. I am feeling, I, I feel more inspired to do these more often. And, uh, oh, my arms are so shaky. I just got back from the gym and leaning on this table made me almost fall over. <clears throat> I mean, I'm on the stick here with the, with the working out and I'm feeling good about it, but. Whew, you just, when you're uh, spe- specifically with weights, when you're not used to it and you're not doing regular lifting and you kind of go crazy one night. Oh man. I really do feel like a, a wet noodle right now. Anyway, there are going to be more of these, I've decided, because I get real therapy out of, <clears throat> out of doing the show. I used to before, but lately, for whatever reason, it's even more so. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep clearing my throat. You know what it is? Here in the Salt Lake Valley, we have a thing called a thermal inversion or a heat inversion or temperature inversion, I guess is the proper term. And it's because we live in this valley of, uh, it's really a, just a big bowl, like the, the mountains on all sides of us, all sides of us, really. Uh, and it's beautiful and gorgeous. And when the sky is clear, there's nothing like it. But in the winter, this weird weather thing happens. It would happen with or without us. It's just that because human beings are here and we've, you know, populated the valley, we fill it with, with, um, you know, car fumes and and whatnot and straight up breathing. And what happens is the way this weather pattern works is the cold air is holding. There's like a wall of cold air that holds down the hot air in the winter and when I say hot, I just mean warmer air. It's not really hot, but holds that warmer air down into the valley, pushes it in there and just kind of keeps it in there, just churns in, inside of this trap. And so what ends up happening is you end up with like, you know, for like two or three months of the year on and off during that three months between snowstorms or, you know, other weather patterns, <clears throat> we end up with essentially L.A. weather uh, in the valley, not weather, L.A. fog. Smog is what I mean. Dirty air, right? So we have a lot of these. We have these red, green, and yellow days. So green days mean, ah, go out and breathe and play dookie on your stereo. Get it? Green day. Uh, Yellow days are like warnings, you know, just be careful. And red days are like, dude, if you are old or super young or have asthma or any other kind of respiratory disease, do not go outside. Stay indoors and breathe filtered air and, you know, that kind of stuff. Because it gets real bad. And sometimes you get these beautiful, amazing, like jaw dropping sunsets uh, just over the mountain. But the reason they're so amazing is because the sun is setting and bleeding through this big wad of goo in the sky. And when it clears, like the rest of the year, summer, fall, spring, even sizable chunks of winter, uh, you don't have this at all. We've clear skies all the time absolutely gorgeous you can see the tip of every mountain from as far away as you want to be it's not like a very polluted city at all but in the winter you get this weird this weird thing and whenever it happens i get all coughed i I cough more i get throaty i get just weird so that's why i'm doing that and i apologize here i'll use my cough switch all right you didn't even hear it right that all worked out just fine without you hearing it okay so anyways anyways Let's talk about a question we got from a listener. 
I think it's an interesting question, and I want to read it to you now. And it goes like this. This is from Bruce in New Mexico. Uh, and this is direct, uh, sent directly to the to the diary. They wanted to hear this answered here. I saw online somewhere that you've been married for the same to the same person for 20 years now. Is this true? Triple question marks. How is this possible in this day and age, he says. I thought everyone got divorced by seven or eight years in maximum. How the crap are you making this work? Everything I thought I knew has been a lie. Sincerely, Bruce in New Mexico. Okay, Bruce, the rumors are true. In fact, we're working on more than 20 now. We're over that bump last, that was last year. Uh, yeah, you know, that's crazy to even think about. And I, I kind of struggle with just the time of it because it doesn't feel like that long, partially because it hasn't been a struggle. <laughs> we haven't, I, I, I mean this sincerely and I'm not, I'm not saying this to say, this is how it is for everyone. I certainly know people have their their struggles. Some have more, some have less, but we really don't have any issues. Like we just don't, we get along and we have since day one. There's still passion and excitement and teamwork and friendship and trust and all this stuff is still just as vibrant, perhaps more so than it ever was since the day we met. And I can't really explain why. I don't think we're doing anything uh, out of the ordinary or special. Other than, you know, we, I guess you, you work hard. To, well, I don't know. It's not really that much work, but you quote unquote work to keep things as awesome as possible. And you, and you, you team up when it comes to kids, you know, with the kids and stuff and what to do and how to raise them and big decisions and stuff. We make those together. Um, I don't, you know, we're, we're not in one of those relationships where we have to have separate bank accounts or, you know, all of this separation that sometimes occurs in marriages. And I'm sure that works for some, I, this isn't me bashing that. I'm sure it's fine. But for us, the thing was always just, is just open and, and free about the way we do everything. So one account, our names are on everything. Uh, you know, I couldn't sneak a bunch of money out and not have her know about it. And she couldn't do that either. Like all that, the financial stuff is just good. You know, we're a pretty debt-free house. We've always worked really hard to uh, maybe at the detriment of growing things quicker at the business or some other things. You know, some could argue that, but we've always made a point of not spending more than we can than we can cover, and we never spend more than we have. We have the only reason we use credit cards is out of pure convenience, and kind of that's the way the world works now. So you sort of need them, but. Uh, there was a time early in our marriage where we had some credit card debt that was stupid and dumb and only amounted to maybe, uh, maybe we got as bad as maybe 15K or something total. But that seemed really big and insurmountable to us in the late 90s or whenever it was, I guess mid 90s when we had it. And uh, we decided there and then that we were not ever going to do that again. We were going to pay that thing off no matter what it took and as quick as we could. And we would sacrifice all else until we did. And we would not owe the man anything. And since then, we haven't. We've never had, we've never carried a balance on a credit card since um, any of them. And we use them purely out of convenience and they're immediately paid for every month uh, without question. We just pay, make sure they're paid. 
Uh, so I think that's a huge thing. And and it's, you know, things like cars and houses. I mean, you have to be in some debt. Like, you know, we have a house payment like everybody else does when they have a house and you got to you got to do that. But we're paying it down quicker. We're really smart with the rates. We refi only when it makes sense. We're not, you know, getting upside down with second mortgages or anything to do add ons or any of that. You know, we, again, it's all just what is in what is in your means. You know, the last house we were in was for nine years and we we bought at a perfect time and got a, got the right price on it. It was a good, fair price at the time. And we took care of that house. We, we added on when it made sense. We redid the kitchen when it made sense. But we never went into big debt to do that. And so by the time it was ready to sell that thing, uh, just a few months ago, we had built some good equity. And we had done it during, we had owned it during a time where when the big housing crisis happened in 2008, we were already kind of doing fine with it. Like we weren't upside down on it. We didn't have crazy rates. We, we weren't involved in any of that. We were just straight up honest folk paying down our mortgage and weathered that storm without any trouble. And we're not upside down at all. The values didn't go below what, I mean, we could have sold during the crisis and still made a little profit on the house. So we'd made a smart buy there and all that and uh, hung on to it, did well. And then when things got better, that got better and it made sense a few months ago to sell and and to do the upgrade we needed to do. I mean, and we did it again without any big giant new debt. There's no new, there really is no new debt. Our, our payment ended up being identical, even though we ended up with a bunch more square footage and better location and, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know why, I'm, I mean, the financial stuff is important and that's, I think that's why I'm honing in on it because I think that's where, where, if there is going to be a leak in the relationship or a problem or a little bit of rust that could spread to the rest of the bike, if that's a good analogy, probably isn't. It's okay. You can tell me so in your emails. Um, I feel like that's a really important thing to, to cover your bases on. And we've always tried to do that as best we can. My car, I have a car that was, I, I bought it in 2012 or 2011 or 2012. 2012? Maybe, I don't remember now. Maybe I think it was early 2012. And it is already paid for. We bought that with the intent. It was a cheap car. I mean, not cheap, but, you know, it's a Ford Fiesta, which is, you know, great little car, reliable as hell and all that. But my goal when we got it was we are going to pay this down as fast as we can. It's going to hurt a little to do that, but we're going to do it. So we did. And now we owe nothing on that car and we really just have one car payment and that's it. And so it keeps things nice and lean. The big benefit of that to a relationship and, you know, primarily to a family and to a marriage is that it's not, that's no longer a thing you have to stress about constantly. Like just, ugh, how are we going to make this end meet? How are you going to pay off that credit card this month? They're going to charge us 20% interest. All those things just don't exist because we made that decision and that's just the way it was. There are no exceptions. It's just the way it is. I guess the important bit there was that we both agreed that was the way it was going to be, right? Like there was no fight over that. We both were unanimous. It was like, yeah, this is how we're going to live our financial lives. We we may not die millionaires, but we are going to die out of debt. And we are going to die having worked hard for what we had and what we did. And our kids hopefully will walk away with the same the same ethic. I mean, that part is yet to be determined, but so far, so good. Taylor's really good with her money. She's out on her own now. She's 19. And uh, let's see, we got married in 92. Jeez, that seems so long now. 
Um, it really, it really seems so far away, but we don't feel older or even old because we were, you know, we started relatively young. I was 23. She was 19. No, I'm sorry. 20. She had just turned 20. And, uh, you know, we got going pretty quick. I was 25 when Taylor was born. So we're, we're pushing 22 years of marriage guys. Think about that. Cause she's 19. Look at that. Oh man. Um, but she's really, she's frugal. She works hard for it. She's good at organizing it. I'm not worried about her. Um, but she's also, you know, knows when she needs something. She's really into photography. So if she wants a new lens, she needs a new glass for the camera. That's what they call it. You know, I got to invest in some new glass. (laughs) She does that and does it prudently and, you know, I feel like I feel like that's working out. So the other two, we'll see how they do. But um, the bottom line is, so uh, just the financial end of it, I think, is a really important part of it. And I think that's where a lot of couples go go south. But we we just tried really hard. So that's one thing. So if you want trick number one, there's a, there's a I don't know if it's a trick, but it's a I think a been a, a positive part of our relationship. Um, secondly, is constant communication and that just means just talking about everything. Even if, even if I'm being a complete dummy about a particular topic or subject or, or something, it's important that we just keep at it and that she's, that, that she's, you know, patient with me and same with her when it's something where I'm perhaps have the dominant position on a conversation to listen and to be patient and to talk it out. Even if some of that talking it out is frustrating or irritating or whatever in the end, it has never paid for me to not talk about it. You just got to talk about stuff, whatever it is. Kids struggling with something, talk about it. You'll come up with a solution. Um, you have a difference with one another or you said something dumb you didn't mean to at a party or whatever, talk it out. Just communicate. Don't shut each other off. It's a cliche to say, don't go to bed mad. But that's kind of what we practice. I mean, we just don't. We don't end the day angry at each other ever. I mean, we're not perfect. There's, we've had arguments, but I can say I can say with 100% assurity that I've never had a fight, though. We've never fought, like fought. And I, I guess it depends on your definition of fighting. I don't mean physical altercation. We'd never, we've never even gotten to that. I mean, the most it's ever really been is I'd say something dumb, and she'd be like, that's dumb. And I'd be like, what do you mean that's dumb? And then... A conversation would ensue. I guess if you call that a fight, then we fought before. But that's about it. No shouting matches. No hucking anything at each other. No blowouts. No accusation-y, kind of angry. I'm going to my sister's house for the day to get away from you. That stuff, stuff doesn't just has never happened here. And part of the reason I think the time has passed so quickly is because none of that stuff got in the way to slow it down. Instead, we focused on the kids and the stuff and the thing and the business and the the work and the whatnot. And that's been good for us. That's been really great. Because we just don't, I don't know what that's like. I'll be around friends maybe and, you know, occasionally they'll just blow out on a huge argument, big fight. And I don't get it. Like, where is the, what is that? What is that that's going on there? How do you make up for that? How do you, how do you later on kiss and make up? What's going on here? I only see this in the movies. 
I'm not being cocky about it, okay? I don't. I know that it happens, and I know that it can happen. I had girlfriends I fought with all the time, shouting match style in high school and, and beyond. So I think I could have ended up that way. It's probably mostly to Kim's credit. She doesn't really provide too many reasons for me to be frustrated to that degree ever. And I hope I, you know, I'm hope I'm given back in the same way, but we just don't fight. So don't fight. That's number two. <laughs> Disagree, talk it out, but you don't have to, you don't have to fight about it. Thirdly, now this may come off as a little, uh, not weird, but some of my friends who listen to the show might just be like, oh, I don't want to think of him that way. But here's an important piece of the relationship. I think it's key to any good, strong marriage or couple, whatever, who, whatever you are, whoever you are. This is how you, you, you keep. This is how you keep things close. Just keep the passion alive, man. Go on dates. Take her out. Take him or her out. Don't don't pretend that something's that different now that you're an adult and you're married and that things should be boring that way. They don't have to be. You still can feel like you're 16 and on the date with the hot girl. <laughs> you can still, you know, spice that stuff up and not and not have it be old hat, you know? I don't know how else to explain it. Without, you know. I don't know. Just keep it, keep that passion alive. If we can make out in the back of the car, if you have to <laughs> once in a while, do little things here and there, leave notes, you know, be romantic. It's not hard. You used to do it when you were dating. So why don't you do it now? What, what's the difference now? I mean, there's a tendency for human beings to think that, well, we're just animals really. And the courtship phase is over. That part was successful. Now we're on to the reproduction stage where, we got to raise some to take our place when we leave, and that's all good and well. I guess I'm bored now. You know, like that. I think there's a assumption that that is the path laid out before you. And I'm here to tell you that it does not have to be that way. 21 plus years of marriage has proven otherwise for me. And I love it. I look forward to seeing her every day. I think she looks forward to seeing me. We get excited about stuff together. You know, when our kids are ex- ex- uh, having some sort of success, we get to have it together. It's not one of us who's bored and sick of it. You know, perhaps it, I, you know, easier said than done, but perhaps the big secret here is you're both in it to win it. And I, you know, this, trust me, this comes from somebody who, doesn't know one day to the next how the hell he's going to do anything. I mean, there are so many unknowns about what I do and how I'm doing it. And I'm sometimes just feel like I'm feeling in the dark. Some days I feel like I'm really on top of it, but you know, I don't know career wise and all that kind of stuff. It's, it can be challenging and you're, you're always sort of trying to get your feel and make sure you're on track and maybe you're not, but could be, and you don't know what way to turn to make yourself be. And all that stuff is true. And you know, she would probably argue the same about her, position in life and you know she's we're all just learning we're just all figuring this out as we go this is a, it was bull crap when you were young to think that you that the adults had it all figured out and that that was just a stage you got to and then you were just sort of done you knew all the answers that is such a freaking myth what a myth what a stupid myth i suspect i'll grow into my you know knock on wood 80s 
and um, still f- be figuring crap out. That's just, I think that's just, that's just the way of it. So knowing that, if you're both, like I keep saying, in it to win it, then you're both on the same page. And that means you both are willing to do what has to be done. And there isn't a question about it. Or there isn't an uneven workload thing going on. Although I will, you know, I'll openly admit that I think sometimes my wife is a far harder worker when it comes to being a mom than I am as a dad. So I feel like I have to step it up sometimes more than I do. But that's part of this, right? You motivate each other. You see, I see things in her that I wish I had and I try to improve in those ways. It goes both ways. But I just feel like if you're both in the... If you're both in to go, then just go. You're going. You're doing it. You commit and it's easy. It's really not hard. Like parenting, everyone, oh, parenting. Oh, man. I don't know, man. I thought it was, I mean, we're still in it. But so far, it's not that hard. And I know it's hard. it is hard. It changes the way you do things. When they're babies, you're up all night. You're feeding them. You're, they're barfing at the store. You've got to clean that up. They're, got, they're pooped halfway up their back on the way to... A wedding, you know, there's all these things. You can't go out with your buddies because, oh, shoot, I got to stay in and watch the kid. Sure, that stuff's there. But if you love your kids, and that stuff's just not all that big a deal. And in the end, it really didn't matter. That other stuff you thought was going to be more fun. So, so you throw your all into trying to do the best you can there. And then that all pays off later. Your kids, they know, man. They know. They may not say it. They may not even know how to express it. But I think deep down, your kids know when you have thrown all your weight behind their well-being and that you mean it and that you actually like it, that you are, you didn't make this choice out of uh, sort of automatic commitment or this is just what you do when I'm that age or I guess I got to have kids now because that's what people, they know the difference between that and when you really, really are into them and into what they're up to. They They really do. You can't fool them. I mean, you might fool them on a conscious level, but there's some hidden wiring going on there where they know. They just know. And so that's easy for us. For whatever reason, we didn't find that hard. I still don't find it hard. I mean, there are hard moments. I'm not saying there aren't, okay? Again, don't want to give the wrong impression. It's not that the work isn't hard. It's that you, it's a difference between just liking it or not. And I like it. I like it a lot. I even like the hard stuff. I like when Nick's grades suck and I have to sit down and have a stern conversation about what that means and what he has to do to fix it. Why? Well, because I am helping shape a human being. Is there any bigger deal than that in this world? Probably. I can't think of one. I don't know. Anyway, does that answer your question? I think that it's a myth that in today's society, you've got a good five years in you and then you guys may as well get a divorce. I mean, I know divorce rates are through the roof right now, but um, there are some of us left who, uh, I mean, I, you know, if you'd asked me 20 years ago, imagine what it'll be like when you're married 20 years. That doesn't even enter your thinking. I guess it's more of a, I mean, life's a battle to battle and the war is really never, the war of it all never really gets into your head. You don't really think of the, of the long tail. You just think of, all right, well, today 
the kid has uh, an ear infection. So we got to get him to the doctor and take care of that. Okay, great. Sounds good. You want to take the other one to school? Yep. Got it. All right, great. Um, we still going out this weekend? Yep. Let's go see a movie and get dinner. Okay. Sounds good. We'll get babysitters. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for breakfast, by the way. Oh, no problem. I love doing it. Well, let me make dinner tonight. Are you sure? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, great. Me and uh, Carter will make dinner and it'll be something she'll, she'll help with it. So she'll, this will be good because she can learn. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the language of it. Top to bottom, man. That's it. That's the key. So, and I'm a big dumbass. So if I'm pulling this off, just imagine what you can do. <laughs> you know? I'm just a big idiot. And somehow I'm figuring it out. But it's easy when you love them. I love her and I love the kids and I don't know what else you do. If you don't, if you have that, I guess that's it. That's, is that, is that all I needed? Cause apparently that was all I needed. I was nervous. I'd need something else. Like I was terrified when we started having kids. I, was, oh, I don't know if I'm up to this. I'm terrified. I was in worse shape than her when she was in full blown labor going natural with the first kid. I, the d- nurse kept asking if I was okay. And that was a freaking mess. So despite all that, and despite, you know, me just being a, a giant wuss, um, I, I was just wrong. All I needed was just the basic core commitment and ability to follow through, I suppose, and capacity to care for these people. And that's it. And I know that sounds too simple, and it probably is. But I'm just telling you, from my experience, that's how it's gone for me. If you guys have questions similar to Bruce's or otherwise, it doesn't matter. Any kind of question at all. I love these questions, so please keep them flooding in. Um, you know, make them questions that are hopefully not something I've talked about at length before. Because not for me, I don't mind talking, but I don't want people to feel like I'm rehashing stuff um, that they've already heard on this on this show. But uh, yeah, send those to scott at frogpants.com. That's scott, S-C-O-T-T, at frogpants.com dot com and i'll uh, read them here on the diary and like i said more of these coming more often we get the kids in here a little bit more get them talking about some stuff as well get kim on here once in a while and uh maybe some other friends and and guests and things because i really do enjoy doing it it's it's really one of the only i mean here i am i am tethered i am not tethered to anything specific here no specific topics no timeline no guests no co-hosts no None of that. I don't have to worry about any of that. And it's really freeing for me. And I like the tone of it. You know, I like this kind of quiet conversation that we're having. I mean, I'm, I know it's silly. I'm here talking to myself, but, and I know that, but I feel like we're having a conversation. So keep those emails coming and then it'll feel even more like one. Right? Right. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you everybody for joining in. May the air you breathe in your valley in your part of the world, be less polluted than mine right now. And may we all one day arrive at that great fountain in Las Vegas and have a little party. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.